Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Good morning and uh, welcome to Activate Christchurch. If you call Activate Christchurch home, it's great to have you with us. If you are a guest with us this morning, you're just logging on to check it out, then you are also uh, most welcome to join us. Today is the end of our seven-day church fast as a church family. We've been fasting since we took communion last Sunday through until communion this morning. Now, I know that there's a lot of people that did three days in that window, four days in that window, five days even in that window, or a day, or they fasted different things, and that's all awesome. Uh, But as a church family, we started it last Sunday. We're going to officially end it uh, this morning with communion uh, very shortly. Uh, I've got a few different testimonies from people on fasting, and we'll hear from Denise as well around what she thinks God's sort of saying over the church in this season. So that's all really cool and something for you to look forward to. Um, before we do though, I just, I, I think it would be remiss of me as the church leader to not just recognize and speak to uh, our current climate, uh, which I do fairly regularly, uh, often on social media, but then also, you know, in a church context. And I'm the first to admit that it's very weird at the moment. Like lockdown is very weird. There's a whole bunch of, you know, stuff flying around. But something that I have observed start to happen more and more, and it's definitely escalating is this determination by some to categorize everybody into one of two boxes and that is the either pro-vaccine box or the anti-vaccine box now what i'm not going to do this morning is talk about the pros and cons of the vaccine this is not what this is about what i want to do this morning is just answer the question how do i treat someone that does not agree with me How do I interact with someone that holds a different opinion to the opinion that I hold? Because I am seeing some crazy things going on. This idea that you can take a human being who is so beautiful, so complex. I've got so many thoughts and opinions and ideas on so many different topics under the sun. And the idea that you could reduce me down to one view on one topic, which is will I get the vaccine or not, is crazy. You know, I put a post on Facebook the other day, just sort of encouraging people to make sure that they're following biblical principles and just common sense principles when it comes to interpreting the scripture. And my point was, you can't just open up your Bible, take a verse off the page and go, that's for me for my life right now. There are some steps that you need to go through to make sure you're being wise with that. Like, how many people know that Harrison, my son, is glad that I don't open up my Bible to where God says to Abraham, take your son up to the top of the mountain and kill him and go, well, that's a verse for me today. Like, you can't do that, right? You've got to look at things like context. And so I put this post on Facebook and and somebody contacted me a couple of days later and they said, man, a Christian person said, I really struggle with your post. Like, I need to challenge you on this, Josh. Like, I read a lot of doubt in there. I read a lot of uh, unbelief in your post. And, you know, if we apply your kind of thinking, then you can't believe any of the Bible and you can't believe that Jesus died on the cross. You can't believe any of this stuff. Like, what are you talking about? That's I didn't at any point say you can't believe the Bible. I just said you can't take a verse out of context and then try and jam it into you know today's situation. And so I wrote what I thought was a very considered response. I spent about 15, 20 minutes, like you know, essentially apologetically, um, not in the I'm sorry sense, but in the you know making a Christian argument sense. I wrote an apologetic response for why I believe what I believe, and I sent it away and. And I saw that they'd seen it. And then I saw the little wee dots come up down the bottom. Boop, 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 boop. You know, all they're writing a message back. Boop, 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 boop. It took ages. I thought, man, they must be writing a huge message. And then the dots disappeared. 
And then they came back again, and I never know. Does that mean that they deleted what they were writing and they're starting again, or is this just a Facebook thing? And so I'm curious to see what they're going to say. And so eventually they messaged back. And they didn't mention my response. They didn't even acknowledge that I had said anything that I'd said. They didn't say, hey, I agreed with this, or yeah, well, thanks for clarifying, Josh, or now I understand where you're coming from, or no, I still don't agree with you. I think they didn't, they didn't say anything. This message came back after 20 minutes, and all it said was, are you getting the vaccine? We're not talking about the vaccine. We're not talking about that at all. I was just talking about how to interpret scripture. And the reason they asked that question was because they wanted to put me into a box. And this particular person happened to be extremely vocal around anti-vaccine. And so I knew if I say to her, I'm not getting the vaccine, then I'm her friend and we can talk and we can engage in conversation. But if I go back and I say, I am going to get the vaccine, then all of a sudden, I've just proven that I am a heretic, right? And so there's these two very extreme camps. And again, I'm not going to get into what camp is the right camp or what camp is the wrong camp. I don't think there is a right camp or a wrong camp. What I want to talk to you about very briefly is how do we handle people that are disagreeing with us? I saw somebody post just the other day, uh, a Christian person, and they said, I would leave any church that promotes the vaccine. Now, to me, that is insane. Right, that you would throw out um, relationship, that you would break fellowship, that you would take all of the things that you agree with your fellow brothers and sisters on and throw it all out because of one issue. That seems crazy to me. I saw a post the other day on Facebook, and this is from the other side of the spectrum. It was a woman, and she said, if you are not getting the vaccine for any reason other than a medically you know, valid reason, then we are not friends. Remove yourself from my page. I do not want to know you. And I read that. I thought, what is going on? People are just throwing away relationships, throwing away friendships over this one thing. There's so much more going on in the world than this one. Like, why? What is it about this thing that is making people go crazy? And again, I'm not interested in what's right, what's wrong. I, I think it's right for some people. It's wrong for some people. Like That's between you and God to decide right? Um, the truth is I could, I could overwhelm you right now with evidence proving that the vaccine is safe. Or I could overwhelm you with evidence proving that the vaccine is unsafe. You could lose your mind in this stuff. At the end of the day, you've got to go to God and say, God, what are you asking me to do? The bigger question is, how are we interacting with people that we don't agree with? And so I've just got a couple of Bible verses here. I was reading through my Bible and the Bible's got good stuff in it, right? You read through the Bible and you're like, man, that's that's some good advice, Paul. I mean, let me just read out a couple of verses to you. All right, this is Paul writing in Romans chapter 12. Right, he says this, Romans chapter 12, verse 16, live in harmony with one another. What about verse 17? Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. That's a challenging verse. What about verse 18? If it is possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Isn't that a challenging thought? He's saying, hey, man, you've got to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. You've got to try and as much as you can live in peace with everyone. It is your responsibility to get on with everybody else. It's not their responsibility to get on with you. You move towards them. You make the concessions. And I read this verse. This is, again, Paul speaking in Romans 14, verse 14. Listen to this. 
Now, in, in Paul's day, they had an issue, right, where the Jewish people, because of their uh, religion, uh, were not allowed to eat certain foods, like pork, for example. Jewish people were not allowed to eat pork, a lot of seafood and, and, and different things like that. Now, when Jesus came, died on a cross, raised from the dead, and Christianity started to spread throughout the world, you've got someone like Paul, who is a very, very um, solid Jewish man, you know, taught in the Jewish ways. And he's saying, hey, those rules about what you can and can't eat, they don't apply anymore. We can eat whatever we want. But there were still some people that were like, hmm, you know, I feel weird about it. I, I know what you're saying, Paul, but it's it's kind of, I just feel guilty when I do it. And he makes this statement in Romans 14, 14. He says this, I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. Just Let's just examine that statement for a second. Paul says, I am convinced, right? It's not a preference. It's not a thought. It's a conviction that he's carrying. He says, I'm convinced being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus. So Paul is saying, I have this conviction. It has come straight from God. The Lord Jesus is the one that has persuaded me to think this way. And now I am so utterly convinced that this is from God, that this is what I believe now. Right? I mean, this guy is passionate about what he's saying. I'm convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person, it is unclean. What the heck, Paul? He literally says, I know the truth. This is the truth. The truth is, and I've got this from God and I'm convicted about it. The truth is nothing is unclean. But if someone comes to Paul and says, hey, I have the opposite view. I think some things are unclean. He doesn't try and change their mind. He doesn't say, you're wrong. Actually, I've got this conviction from God that you're wrong. He just says, hey, if it's unclean for you, then it's unclean for you. Look at this next verse. Um, if your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. What he says here is, hey, if you've got some sort of freedom in your spirit, if you feel like you've got permission from God to do something, and in doing it, you're upsetting the person next door to you because they don't have that understanding. They're not carrying that revelation. That's not love. You're not acting in love if you are upsetting your neighbor by how you're acting. If you're flaunting your views and your freedoms in front of somebody else and it's distressing them, well, the Greek word for distress literally means to grieve them, right? You're, you're grieving them. Uh, then you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. That Greek word destroy, it literally means to like unplug from God. And what he's saying here is, hey, look, you have the potential to actually ruin your witness to someone. You've got the potential to move someone away from God to put a stumbling block in between them and God, to cause them to unplug from the God journey that they're on because of how you're acting around them. And then verse 16, Therefore do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. What he's saying there is like, hey, you know this is a good thing, but you're acting so badly about it that people are going to start saying that's a bad thing. Oh yeah, you see Josh? Man, he's just throwing his opinions around all over the place and maybe, you know, maybe he's right, but we don't even care because of the way he's acting. And so there's some great encouragement in the Bible around how to treat people. Let me give you just one more, right? Um, let me, let me, 
Let me know if this sounds a little bit like it could be applicable to us today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. Paul says this in quotes, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not anything is constructive. Verse 24, and I'll leave you with this. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. So Paul is literally saying here, just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean it's a good idea. Just because you have the freedom to do something doesn't mean it's a constructive thing to do. You should not be seeking your own good. You should be seeking the good of others. And so I just want to encourage all of us this morning, when we encounter, and this this um, this situation is not going to go away. I'm sure many of you have had conversations around, am I pro this, am I anti that? You know, what does Josh think? What does our pastor think? What do these people think? At the end of the day, I think it's a conscience thing. It's between it's between you and God. But let me say this. If you decide to get vaccinated, you are so welcome at Activate Christchurch. And if you decide to not get vaccinated, it's not mandated at the moment. It's not illegal to choose not to get vaccinated. You can choose not to if you like. You are more than welcome at Activate Christchurch as well. I refuse to make this like the thing that we use to divide people. Right? There are so many other things that we can agree on. Can I encourage all of us, act in love. Read those Bible verses again and meditate on them. Now, in a moment, we're going to move to breaking our church fast and taking communion. But before we do, I uploaded this video uh, to our Activate Online page during the week. But a lot of you won't have seen it. It's just two minutes. And it's just Chris Valentin, who's a pastor over at Bethel, kind of expressing his heart towards this thing as well. So let's check that out. And then we'll come back and talk fasting. It's interesting to me that 12 disciples are living together in community for three and a half years with Jesus. And at the end of that ministry, Jesus said to them, one of you are going to betray me. And John, who lays on the breast of Jesus, turns to Jesus and said, who is it, Lord? Is it me? And I'm saying, Judas is with them. He's the biggest betrayer in human history, betraying the Christ himself. And the 11 disciples don't even know it's him. But we are convinced we know people's hearts who we never even met. You have no idea how troubling this is to me. I'm not saying you, I'm saying us. We are convinced that we know people's motives their hearts, their judgments. And 12, 11 disciples didn't even know that Judas was a betrayer and he lived with them for freaking three and a half years. And yet Arthur's sermon is so good that we know politicians and leaders and pastors and we just, we're convinced that we know people's hearts and this is a decree we make when we've never been in a room with most of these people. I can't even tell you how troubling this is. It has become the culture. Everybody's offended. Where are we going? What happened to loving people? And like we live in a democracy, so it's beautiful. We get to make choices and 
I love it and, and I, I believe, you know, I started moral revolution. I do believe there are truths that we should stand by. I do. But when our truth keeps us from loving people, I'm not sure we understand what truth's about. Awesome source. Hey, thank you so much, Pastor Chris Vellerton, for being a guest speaker uh, on our church service this morning. Very, very cool. I love what he said right at the end, right? Like truth matters, absolutely. But if you cannot communicate truth with love, then I think you need to step back and re-examine you know, how you're doing things. Because the truth is that you can confront someone and leave them feeling loved. Uh, you know, as a pastor, sometimes I have to sit down with people and say, hey, we have an issue here and, and rebuke someone or correct someone. And you can still do all of that hard, tricky stuff and leave them feeling that you care about them and that you love them. There's no excuse for interacting with someone and then walking away and feeling judged and marginalized and misunderstood and unloved. There's no, you will never see Jesus doing that. You never see Jesus interacting with someone and then walking away feeling like he didn't care about them. It has to be our ultimate priority. And what we're seeing more and more is a certain section of Christendom trying to take people that are promoting love first and foremost and making it sound like they don't care about truth and they don't care about standing up for what's right. And that's not true at all. I am passionate about the truth. I'm passionate about standing up for what I believe in, but I also recognize that unless I do it with love, it doesn't matter. What does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 13? This is a challenging passage of scripture. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, right? If I can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, uh, if I have faith that can move mountains, like he's making it a pretty awesome list. Like imagine if you were like, man, I can speak in an angelic language. I can literally understand and fathom every mystery. I know everything in the world. I have a faith that can move mountains. You would be forgiven for thinking you are a bit of a beast, like probably the best Christian on the planet, right? And yet Paul says you can do all of that. You can even like die a martyr's death, surrender your body to the flames. You can give everything away that you have. And so you're left with nothing. You can do all of that stuff. And if you don't do it with love, none of it matters that is a challenging thought right love is what overrides everything Jess my daughter came to me during the week and she said dad do you know the bible says that at the end there's three things left hope faith and love but the greatest of these is love I said that is a great verse honey you were absolutely right so can I encourage you treat people with love first and foremost all right let's move on to the exciting part which is bringing an end to the church fast so we can eat. Now, I know a lot of people have done three-day fasts during the week, some four days, some five days. A lot of people have done the seven-day fast as well, which is just so awesome. Um, my big takeaway from this has just been hearing the number of people that have participated in this fast. It's just blown my mind. You guys are amazing. You're so awesome. And the number of people that have done a longer fast than they've ever done before is also blown my mind. It's just fantastic. And we've had a lot of good testimonies come back in. Uh, I'm going to share some in just a moment. And uh, we're going to put some people on video as well so you can hear from them. But here's one that I just got through. And this is from someone who decided to fast from social media which is not a bad idea at all, right? And so fasted Facebook media and uh, also Instagram and Tumblr and Twitter and, and all those kind of social media channels. And this is what they said. They said, I didn't even realize that, that I had such a habit for it, that I was breaking the subconscious desire, right? But uh, it's not something I realized I was doing at all until I took it all away. The next day, it was like a shift 
happened and my mind became clearer. I was so much more productive, filled and present with my day. Reading the Bible felt like a joy and I started intercessory prayer by Dutch Sheets. It's as if getting rid of social media allowed God to unveil my eyes and get some truths through to me. How cool is that, right? That is that is awesome. And so without further ado, let's hear from a couple of people that partook in the fast this week. Uh, because of technology, we're going to try and do it over Zoom. And let me just say, apologies in advance, because our internet connection here is rubbish. And so the video quality might come in and out, audio quality might even as well, but uh, I promise it won't be too bad. All right, so let's start off by first of all hearing from uh, my wife and kids who are sitting in the lounge at the moment and hear how they did. Hey, guys. Hi. All right. You all did a fast during the week. Jessica Harrison Darcy, you guys all did a whole day from sunup right through to sunup the next day. Darcy, how did you find the fast? Um, hard. Yeah. What was the hardest part? Probably the night. Yeah, going to bed with an empty tummy? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Harrison? Was that hard? Yeah. Yeah. Why did you fast, Harrison? Um, I wanted to be able to connect with God more. Yeah, great. Jessica, why did you fast? Because Jesus says it's a good thing to do in the Bible. Yeah, that's a great answer to any question about why you do anything, because Jesus says it's a good thing to do. Also, Jess, you told me you fasted because the whole family was fasting and you might as well. Yeah, <laughs> want to be part yeah. of it. <laughs> that's right. And Darcy, why did you fast? Um, to connect more with God as well as Harrison. Yeah, right. yeah. So so what happens when you fast, guys? What's happening spiritually when you fast? Your, your spirit's going to the gym. Yeah, your spirit's going to the spiritual gym. That's that's right. Doing some spiritual bench presses. Absolutely. And Jess, uh, not Jess, what's my wife's name? Liz, you, you had a good experience fasting as well. Tell me what happened for you when you fasted. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a good experience as far as the fast, but um, what God was doing was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, a few days before my fast, I had a chat to God and was just talking about how I felt a bit dry and I'd felt a bit dry for quite a while. And um, I felt like he gave me a promise and said that things were going to change soon and I was going to feel... Uh, a little bit more like I was entering maybe, you know, the difference between uh, winter and spring, like I was going to head into a new season, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. And then on the last day, I think it was the fifth day of my fast, I um, I just was watching a prophetic word, actually, and uh, Holy Spirit just filled my body, and um, I had a really cool encounter with him, and I... Uh, I just felt different. I felt different from that moment on. I felt like um, almost I had returned back to something that I that I felt like I'd lost. So I had um, I had encountered God in a way that I had in the past, but I hadn't for a very long time. So it was very cool. That's awesome. Hey guys, thanks for sharing. You ready for a big lunch? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. The kids did really well. They did a whole day each. And unlike last time, uh, they didn't get up at one in the morning and eat bowls of wheat bix. So they did They did awesome stuff. All right. Uh, let's hear from our next person. Uh, Sean was someone participating in the fast with us this week. So let's have a chat and see how he went. G'day, Sean. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, mate. Thank you so much for, for jumping on this morning. Tell me about your fast experience. 
Yeah, it was awesome. Um, the, the longest fast I've ever done it was two meals. And so it was a heck of a push. And the reason I've only ever done two meals is every time I get to my third um, or what would have been my third meal, I get violently ill. So I get really bad headaches and I start throwing up. And so I hit that point again this time and I was just really determined. And, and I actually felt like there's a little bit of um, a bit of spiritual opposition that came in as well. And so, um, yeah, Nikki was a little bit worried. The kids are a bit freaked out, but I just, um, yeah, I tried really hard to push through and, and God was good, man. I was just like, man, please help me do this thing. Yeah, it never really gets any easier. And it's amazing how all you can think about is food. But um, but yeah, it, it was awesome. Like um, I went into it really just wanting some things to fall off my life um, that I knew, yeah, they weren't necessarily really bad, but I knew they were putting distance between God and myself. And, um, and yeah, so I felt some great, um, great shifts and there's still stuff that's happening now, even though I'm out of the fast. So, um, yeah, so I've seen heaps more intimacy with God. It's just been a lot easier to pray and a lot easier to connect with him, which has been super awesome. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And, um, and yeah, and, and even practical things like, um, for months and months of often at night, just before I fall asleep, I have, um, sort of these images and these thoughts running through my head which are just not of God and, and they sort of disturb me a bit and I often find them I have found them quite hard to shift in the past and I've found now after fasting it's it's like my short my sword's got sharper I can just cut straight through that stuff and it just it just lost straight away um so it's almost like um yeah just my walk with God's got a lot um uh, just a lot sweeter and, and a lot Really, and so yeah, for me, fasting now is definitely going to become part of our lifestyle as a family, um, because yeah, I see it as just being an essential, um, essential way of connecting with God, and um, yeah, and seeing His His blessing, His goodness. Up until this point, you'd only ever done two meals, <laughs> and then with the third meal, you'd kind of called it quits because of the reaction that you were getting physically. But this time, you just pushed through it. Did that? Did that? feeling of nausea and stuff disappear eventually or did you have to deal with that for the next however many days no nah, once i was um once i had a, a couple of good chucks and uh cleaned the system out a bit even though there wasn't much in there um, the nausea went away which is awesome the headaches uh sort of came and went a bit um but yeah yeah it's just one of those things when uh, yeah you, when you discipline your body there's a whole lot of things you've just got to pretend like they aren't there if you know what i mean like the yeah. hunger and the the aches and the pains and that sort of carol yeah absolutely look no one goes to the gym and works out and then wakes up the next morning in absolute agony and goes oh i'm never going back to the gym again <laughs> i mean that's usually an indication that there's um you know some growth happening so um that's awesome and well good on you for pushing through i did get a text from nikki uh at dinner time being like hey is it normal for this and i was like well you know if, if he was in day sort of seven or day 12 i might be a bit more concerned but first day he'll he'll be all right he'll push through it um and you did so good on you man he's not gonna die <laughs> yeah, that's what i said <laughs> I see there are kids all over the world that have skipped three meals in a day. I'm sure he'll he'll be okay. So mate, yeah, I'm yeah, glad, that's right. glad, I made it. Yeah, glad to hear that it was so awesome for you. Thank you so much for jumping on and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, awesome. Uh, thanks, mate. Take care. Ah, thanks very much, Sean. How cool is that? You know, what I love about Sean's testimony is that up until this week, he'd never done even an entire day only done two meals and then every time he tried to get that third meal you know his body would have some kind of reaction to it but he pushed through it 
and then he was fine, able to do multiple days without ever having to deal with that uh, kind of response again. And, and that's something that I'll say to people. Often you'll talk to people and they go, look, I tried fasting, but there's just something wrong with my body, right? I just can't do it. And it's like, no, you can. And like Sean alluded to, he felt like there was maybe a spiritual thing going on there. And let me tell you something. You better believe that if you're pushing into God, if you're trying to build intimacy with God, if you're trying to strengthen your spiritual man or your spiritual woman, the enemy does not want that. And he will throw muck at you to try and derail you. He'll throw you some migraines. He'll throw you some, you know, nausea. He'll say, hey, look, try this. I've had, you know, some health issues during the week as well. Just I think the enemy just saying, hey, I don't want you doing this. You know, but the enemy has no authority over us. And if we say, hey, I'm doing it anyway, then you push through it and there you go. Now, I would have different medical advice if it was, you know, you were a week into it or 10 days into it. But on your first day, uh, you're going to find it hard to convince me that you're going to do any long-term physical damage by skipping three meals in a row, right? Like it's it's not the end of the world. So awesome to see uh, that Sean was able to do that. Okay, let's have a chat with Denise this morning, and then we're going to take some communion, and we're going to say au revoir to our church fast for uh, 2021. But Denise is going to talk to us about what she feels uh, God is saying over the church at the moment. Hello, Denise. Hi, guys. How you doing? Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, I thought a nice way to kind of wrap up this part of the service would be for you to give us a bit of an idea on what you feel like uh, we've been achieving uh, in the spirit, what, what's what been moving in the spirit, how God's feeling about us and about Activate. And uh, yeah, just what's, what have you been picking up as a result of the church fast? Cool. Well, um, to tell you the truth, this has been one of the hardest fasts I've ever done in my life. Um, and yet, uh, just the same as last year, I felt not just there was an individual fast, but also for us corporately as a body of Christ, because we're moving together in unity now. Um, and that's what I love about it. And I feel and sense that a lot of people have been doing a longer fast than they've ever done before. Mm. Um, and I felt the Lord was actually saying that this um, that this year has been something that he's been doing is causing us to understand perseverance and endurance and strengthening of the inner man. Um, so that we can ultimately push and have breakthrough. And I feel like um, individually and corporately, we've, we've made a push and a breakthrough this time. Um, I felt personally for myself that the Lord, uh, I had an extremely hard Wednesday, uh, what was it, day four night into day five early morning. So it's about eight hours of excruciating pain in my body like I've never had before, in my muscles, and my bones. And I was like, Lord, is this of you? And I heard no answer. And I thought, oh, gosh, here we go. <laughs> How do I push through this? And I was just the time of worship, I was listening to worship and speaking in tongues. And I felt in some way I was like in the desert, um, Jacob wrestling with God, and, and there was no answer. There was just, just a, a contention of pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, and I finally fell asleep um, about four in the morning, and I woke up three hours later, and it, it was almost like I'd done seven rounds with Mike Tyson in the boxing ring. Um, my body was just worn out. And I said to the Lord, oh, what was all that about? And he said, yeah, Denise, it is. It's the time that we've been, I've been teaching you guys how to, to persevere um, and to endure um, and to walk through things um, so that you'll be ready for what is coming. When the glory and the darkness clash together, uh, you'll stand strong in the glory. The, the things that we about will stand strong. And um, I, I felt also it was an incredible time this week with all the people that came and spoke with us, uh, especially for the prophetic night. Mm. Uh, my friends from all around the world came on and uh, they were just so stoked. I, I, literally every single one of them got hold of me straight after and said, well, 
you have an incredible group and family of the body of Christ there was so overwhelmed by the hunger that everyone had and the, just, just the desire to hear the Lord and to move forward with him and the intimacy and with prayer. Um, and they haven't seen this before. And these guys have ministered all around the world. So uh, super stoked for that. Um, but I really feel that <clears throat> individually and corporately, we're, we're stepping into a place of breakthrough. And I don't know if for each one of us individually. Um, I'm slowly getting um, some feedback from the Lord for myself um, and also praying and uh, interceding for the body of Christ. And maybe some of you guys will have testimonies about what's going on for you. Um, I'd love for you to put it on the page or um, you know, make a quick video on Activate Online and just share with it because testimonies are always encouraging. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to um, just encourage people. Maybe we can ask the Lord too what He's planned for us as the Christ in this next um, ex, this next era. He's broken the old foundations in our lives. And he's worked on the inner man. He's strengthening us. So, what are we what are we stepping into, and what are we building now? If the foundations are set correctly, then it's a good time to start building. And so, maybe ask the Lord what He's doing, and we can start to declare and decree these things to happen. Awesome. Yeah. So thanks, guys. I think it's awesome. Um, I'm super stoked. I'm also super stoked that we're almost finished. <laughs> it's been a tough one. <laughs> yeah. I won't lie. But yeah. yeah, great. I know. I can't wait to catch up with everyone face to face. I'm declaring, decreeing that a couple of weeks we'll be open uh, and back face to face with each other. Yeah. Cool. And hey, look, uh, again, not saying that God in any way had anything to do with the lockdown, but I can't help but think there's a lot of wisdom. And God shutting down all of the fast food restaurants when I finish my fast. So I can't even <laughs> I can't even go out this afternoon and get me some KFC or some Burger King. I've got to wait until Wednesday. Exactly. So it's all good. <laughs> awesome. Hey, look, thank you so much, Denise. Have a great rest <laughs> of your day. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Cool stuff. Thank you so much for that, Denise. All right. That is pretty much the end of our service for this morning. Packed a lot in, but what we're going to do now is we're going to take communion together. So hopefully you've remembered to grab a bit of bread and some grape juice or the like so we can all take communion together. But this is now going to be the end uh, of our church fast. And whew, you already feel the Holy Spirit whew, uh, on this one. All right. So just while the Beautiful music is playing in the background. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bring it into the church fast. We're going to take communion together. Uh, and then that will be our, our service for this morning. And if you've got Spotify or YouTube, then by all means, jump on and do some worship in your own space, in your own home, with your own family. That'll be cool. But right now, let's just take the bread. Take the drink. Again, got myself a little wee... How can I get that in shot? There you go. Church church cup as well. If you're a part of Activate Crisis, you don't have one of these. When we come out of lockdown, ask me for one and I'll get it for you. Okay? All right. Let's just take a moment now. Just wherever you are, just take a moment. We're going to focus it on God. Yeah, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just uh, open up our spirits to you again and, and we just um, make ourselves aware, God, of your presence. Lord, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross. Lord, for paying the price for our sins. Lord, for, for doing all of that amazing stuff that you did while you were walking around on this planet. God, for showing us what love looks like. Lord, I thank you for that verse that there is no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. And Father, I pray that you would show us and teach us how to model that heart to the world around us. Lord, over the last seven days as a church, we've been participating in this church fast. And I thank you, God, for the rewards that are coming our way. I thank you that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Lord, for the people that fasted social media, to the people that fasted full food, to the people that fasted a day or a meal, whatever it might be, God, you have a reward coming for us. 
Lord, we lift you up this morning. We did that fast because we want to seek your face. Lord, we want to push into your presence. So God, I just declare a blessing right now as the father of this house. I declare a blessing on every single person that engaged in the fast. Every single person that did something different this week to push into you, to prioritize you, God. I bless them now in the name of Jesus. And so Father, right now we take communion together. We lift you up and we honor you, God, in Jesus' name. So just in your own time, just take the drink, take the bread. Yeah, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Wow. Now we get to eat. Pretty exciting, right? Thank you so much for watching this morning. Look, next Sunday, we're at level three. And so that means we are going to be uh, locked down again doing church online. It's Father's Day next Sunday. So that'll be a fun time. I'm, I'm a little bit excited about it because normally I've got to get out of bed sort of six in the morning on a Sunday, get down to church before seven and kind of, you know, get all the, I don't know, spiritual juices flowing, whatever it is you want to call it. But this coming Sunday, I don't have to do that so much. So I'm going to have a bit of a sleep in, maybe even breakfast in bed for the first time in a number of years. Kids, you watching? Breakfast in bed. All right. Have a great rest of your Sunday. If you're eating for the first time, just be careful. Don't go overboard. Bit of soup, bit of broth, some fruit. That's what I'm going to be heading to do. Am I waiting till lunch? No, I'm going right now. All right. Have a great Sunday. God bless.